All right, uh, welcome everyone. This is Mark Kapsinski, CMO of Gooden, and uh, we're following up on our Gooden Executive Leadership Series. Uh, today, we have my dear friend, Tasso, who's the CEO and co-founder of Number AI. Tasso, welcome, and tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and a little bit about your company, and we're gonna dive right in on this. Sure. Hey, Mark, good to connect. I'm, I'm glad you reached out. Uh, so as you yeah. said, the founder and CEO of Number AI. Uh, very interesting how I kind of got into this business. Um, when I I was actually, um, I'd like finished working at my previous company and was kind of running around trying to start another company. And um, uh, my wife asked me at the time to help her out with a home remodel. She's like, you can't use this entrepreneur BS on me anymore because you're actually out of work right now. So you have plenty of time to help me. So we're doing a home remodel and she tells me, you're going to be responsible for dealing with all the vendors. So oh, boy. Person and the guy who sold us the appliances. Uh, and I found myself being kind of working in a very kind of digital Slack, you know, messaging-oriented environment. Typically, is how I got my work done, email. I found myself on the phone with these dude, with these folks. emails <laughs> about precise parts numbers. Um, and I'm like, this is kind of, you know, the, like a, such a horrible way for me to be interacting with all of these like small and medium businesses. Uh, and that's where the genesis of what, what we, Number AI came up with, what we came up with, which is, you know, these businesses, the best way for them to interact is in a digital and real time way. So rather than like leaving voice messages that we don't return, how about I kind of message you with my question and you message me back with a picture of the dishwasher that you're gonna come and install. And how about we kind of co coordinate uh, with other people, including the contractor via messaging rather than you know, via phone call, which is, you know, is very likely to fail. <laughs> so how, so how, did the, how did the remodel work out? That's what I really want to know. It was still a pain in the butt. It was still <laughs> like all home remodels. Did, you fit, did it get finished? It got finished, you know, okay. many, many months late, you know, <laughs> like cooking out of the garage. And there was like, of course, the natural mix-ups with, you know, certain like you know, the flooring coming before oh. the painting and all that kind of stuff. So oh, brutal. It was as expected. Uh, well, well, it seems like at least it, it, it turned out to something positive and uh, it, you were able to found a great business and you guys have been able to raise some venture capital funding from some great great uh, VCs, including Google's uh, AI fund, if, I, if I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the number AI, what's the problem that you're really trying to solve for? What's the, what, what are you really trying to do there? It's actually really simple. For small and medium-sized businesses, turns out they miss about two-thirds of the calls that come in oh. from customers. Um, so the use of number AI is actually to rescue those customers. That is the real problem that we're solving. Oh. So you're missing 60% of your phone calls. What if you could text that customer back and saying, hey, hold on, don't leave me. Don't go and order your restaurant order somewhere else. Don't like make your spa appointment somewhere else. Uh, how about we can, how about we use some technology, some artificial intelligence in many cases to actually process what you want via messaging. Uh, and what we see is that, you know, we are able to rescue 50% of these calls, wow. which businesses find invaluable. So it's really about like in today's world, people are still calling these businesses and I don't want you to miss out on those customers. That's great. So what do you think, or how would you, how would you phrase like the purpose of number AI? Like what's, what's your reason for being then? I think for us, it is to help small and medium businesses who are 
challenged in having the technology architecture to compete with like the big folks, whether it's the big chains on the retail side, uh, you know, like a Target or the e-commerce players like Amazon. So enabling them, uh, you know, these are like typically small, like kind of the backbone of America, obviously these main street businesses, entrepreneurs uh, with, with, with kind of dreams, helping them just be operationally more efficient and be um, competitive, you know, not missing out on customers, being having better customer service and using our technology to allow them to catch up or at least play, play you know, play keep up with some of the bigger, better funded uh, companies. It's got to be a, a challenge of working with those small, medium sized businesses, because like you said, they don't really have the necessarily the technology, uh, technology prowess or even the inclination to really deal with some very advanced things here. So how does your solution work for them and how do you make their lives easy? Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's a it's a great point, which is you know they're they're sometimes technically not very invested. That's a, that's yeah. a double sword. There's goods goods and bads with that. Obviously, you know, um, we have to make the product uh, very self serve for them. So it can't be something where we have salespeople spending multiple hours. Uh, and with with a more self serve model, we're able to keep the price low, which is more advantageous yeah. to them. The right. fact that we don't have deep technology investments into like Salesforce systems and some of the other more you know, convoluted, you know, or, or, or deeper kind of ERP system is actually a benefit because we can get them deployed within hours. Um, wow. You get up and running on the service within within hours. We'll take your phone. Really? We'll kind of provision your voicemail. We'll kind of take that over for you and we're able to, to do that. So um, I think the key thing is for us to best articulate for each particular uh, vertical of these main street businesses, how we're helping them with their with, with their business. How it's not a tech, it's not about technology. It's about helping you out, and that's kind of a, a hard so, message. So, how do you look at the market? Are there specific verticals that are natural for you to work in, um, and and if so, which are those? Yeah. So some of them are expected, uh, and some of them we are uh, we we kind of were surprised with as as all, these things always uh, as as the journey always yields. Uh, so. Uh, some industries that we actually like, you know, we're, we're, we're expecting um, were uh, salons and spas. Um, so they're, yeah. they're very much about kind of an appointment schedule and all, but also the things like, hey, uh, this is a hairstyle I found on Google. I do a screenshot and I send it to my stylist and they can, hmm. we can exchange back as to whether how much it would cost to do that. So we see those kinds of exchanges as well. Um, and That's so cool. that salon, yeah, so the salon industry is a very, uh, very good one for us. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're looking for this kind of, you know, after hours, I want to make an appointment, I want to reschedule. Um, so that's, 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 that's one. Um, home services as well. You can think about somebody who's a plumber who's in the middle of a job and can't pick up the phone. If we can pick right. it up for the map, make an appointment or get them, get, get the customer perspective, customer some information, that's kind of very valuable for them. And then we had some surprising ones actually. So, uh, and I'll give you uh, kind of a quick couple of quick yeah. examples. One is, Automotive, so uh, auto repair and dealers are yeah. kind of craving for this kind of product because they get thousands of calls with like an right. update, you know, hey, what, what's the status yeah. of, of my repair? You know, when can I bring it in? What yeah. do I need to do now? So we found that to be um, kind of interesting. And then well, that seems the like one, a, a notoriously poor customer service business too. So I think yes. that could really help. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, the, the CSAT scores are, are, are very kind of impactful here. Like the vast majority of auto dealers are typically run by folks who come from the sales side. The right. services side is massively underinvested in from a, you know, just from, from a technology and from a customer support perspective because the real, you know, the real Jews come from the salespeople. Um, so they're right. these kinds of solutions. And, you know, interesting, another one, which is real estate. So we have 
like oh. leasing agents or people who own multifamily property units. Uh, and those leasing yeah. agents are out showing units, they're missing two thirds of their calls as well. So you don't want to miss a prospective tenant so we can actually help nurture and like capture that lead for, for them. Uh, so oh, very interesting great. verticals that, 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 that we helps solve. So, so what do you think's the, the one thing that your customers and prospects either don't know about you or sometimes overlook about you and your business? Um, I think one of the, one of, one of the, the key things is that um, in addition to helping kind of rescue their customers and uh, help on the, on the phone side, um, that we're able to, um, you know, add some functionality, which would be kind of an entry level CRM like for them. So, hey, you know, this, this person called like you didn't, you know, you know, like before they would kind of call, you, you didn't know who they were, but now you know who they were. You can see an interaction with them where, you know, they might be very interested in a specific kind of, in a case of a restaurant, they have the same kind of common kind of order. Um, and then you're able to see that they're a very good customer. Maybe you want to give them a bottle of wine as a present over the holidays or something. So there's CRM elements that people that, that I think our customers discover naturally. Uh, and then some other things like you're also, because you now have a relationship with a customer, you're able to do things like ask them for, a, if, they, if, they, if they had a good experience with you, ask them for a review on, on, on Google or something. Uh, and that helps on, on your reputation as well. So these, these, are, these are things that, we're, that we see um, as, as kind of future um, uh, um, but it seems like it, it's almost like an evolution of the old IVR systems where, where, you know, where, you know, as people really value personalization and, and, you know, I don't care about everyone else. I care about my experience with you. And, you know, you're, you're now able to tailor those things directly to, to me versus just here's a generic message for everyone. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's cool. Absolutely. Um, New IVR. New IVR. There you go. You heard it here. Uh, uh, so um, what's the one ask you would have of our community? How can we as a community help you, Tasso, in your business? So, so here's what I'll say. I think there's potential for, because look, the, the small and medium-sized business, you know, everything ranging from like the wedding photographer to the uh, Etsy business, to the small pop-up shop, to the yeah. mom and pop-up to small chains, there's a common community there um, and they're actually hard to access. Yeah. So, um, you know, like you have to run kind of like demand gen on Google and Facebook and kind of find vertical groups. It's actually, and I think one of the things that stops venture capitalists from investing in these in, in, in SaaS or like technology businesses that help those businesses is yeah. the hard, the, the difficulty of acquiring those customers, these merchants, these small and medium sized and main street business hard. Yeah. You know, so if like, if there's kind of a community where folks are sharing with each other and we're not competing, but we're actually helping each other out. Yeah. Um, I think it's to the benefit. If there, if there was a, a scalable way to acquire small and medium sized customers, more technology investment would, excuse me, would be made. And as yeah. a result, like these, these businesses would be able to kind of have a better tool. Well, it, it seems like you solve also uh, a challenge where it seems like more and more businesses are pulling their phone number off of like their website because you know the, either they don't want the phone calls or I think like you pointed out they, they don't scale to answer all the phone calls so um, I think your solution would be great to help those kind of folks with that provide a, a more streamlined experience and still do it over uh, or through a phone call or That's a right. phone experience so yeah absolutely cool. 
All right, well, we'll try to get you dialed in here, uh, Tasso, so that's great. Um, we're gonna move to the lightning round. Uh, so these are now questions focused more on, on you and as a, as a leader and as a business founder and operator. So first, most important thing, what was your first job and how old were you? So my, my parents were, you know, working class immigrants that bought, a, they, we owned our convenience store when I was seven years old. And okay. I was, uh, you know, chief, you know, kind of like stocking the shelves officer. <laughs> did they actually pay you or did it, it was just uh, paid in food? <laughs> Whatever you could pocket. And I wanted to like pocket money just to go out with my friends, you know, to go to the movies, like I would have to ask and they would like be very cheap about it. But uh, uh, <laughs> it was food, food, you know, room and board. Room and board. <laughs> You get your bed tonight. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so Tasso, I know you're a huge foodie. So I'm really curious about this next question. What's your favorite restaurant in, and what city is it in? Yeah, so um, perhaps not a surprise because of my links there, but um, uh, for me, it still has to be Chez Panisse in Berkeley. Um, you know, iconic food, the, the food that created the organic and, you know, farm to table movement. Uh, still amazing, you know, just a special place. You know, I think Alice Waters is very much the Steve Jobs, the restaurant industry and the way she approaches everything with the true craftsmanship. Um, so I, I still think it's it's the number one place that, that I visit, especially in America. Well, I, I remember the time you took me there and uh, I'll, I'll concur, it was a pretty special, uh, special lunch. So uh, I'll definitely look forward to maybe meeting you back there one day. Um, Next question, um, uh, since we're, you know, we're all sort of you know, locked up inside of sorts and conferences have been shut down, what conference do you miss going to the most, if any? Easy question for me to answer. And that's I, I, every year I go to Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, oh, yeah. an incredible city. So the fact that didn't go last year, hopefully they won't cancel it this year, although it looks likely um, that's, that, that's been a big loss. Yeah, it's hard to get over that international travel. I mean, that's such a great show. So hope, hopefully they'll keep it going. Um, all right, next question. Uh, uh, I think, you know, I'm an active user of it, but uh, do you use Lunch Club? And if so, how many meetings have you had? So I don't, but you did give me the pitch on it. And, uh, uh, you're going to have to sign up. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to hop on it. It's a great service. Uh, you should definitely do it. All right. And then similarly, I don't know if you use Product Hunt. Uh, and if so, what's the most interesting product you've uh, discovered on Product Hunt? So I don't use Product Hunt. I prefer um, um, Indiegogo and mm. uh, and kind of those kinds of sites because I prefer if I'm buying product, there's, there's so much kind of like software product out there. Yeah. Uh, but I prefer like things that are more hardware based. Mm. So um the new product that I've gotten, which um, I'm, I'm kind of waiting on, is actually, um, it's kind of a, a, a neuro uh, device that you, that you kind of, um, like that allows you to like quantify your focus. Okay. So I can be a little bit kind of scattered or I can procrastinate a little bit. And one of the big things that I want to focus on, I want to work on is kind of, you know, like kind of maximizing the hours that I'm in the, uh, the hours that I'm working when I'm in the office rather than like, you know, kind of dreaming. Oh, um, nice. So it's an interesting device. That will that that is meant to help with my focus, and that hasn't like that. That's that, that's going to be shipping. Uh, I think hopefully by the end of this year. But that's kind of the one that I'm excited awesome. about. Awesome. Oh, well, you'll have to tell me all about it when you yeah. get it. We'll have you back in for that. All right. Next question. Um, kind of turning to the business side of things. What do you think the hardest lesson you've had to learn in business is? Um, as a founder, a classic mistake which I made early, but you know, kind of corrected later on is. 
um, I think is a very, very important one, which is finding people. If you're, a, a, if you're the CEO and solo founder, a lot of times um, people on your team are afraid to tell you kind of the realities of the market. So finding people, and I'm lucky, I'm blessed with my previous company. I, I had kind of Joel Grossman, who I brought on board, and he's a current founder of my current company. But there's just that no BS, like, hey, let me just tell you when you do this, this is how people perceive you. Or we went to a customer meeting and like, you know, I think you were too salesy. Or like having that honest feedback and not taking it personally uh, when you're hard charging and sometimes micromanaging, um, I think is, is kind of one of the, one of the big things as a leader, um, not having yes people around you uh, is I think a very, 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 uh, everyone talks about doing it, but it's hard to do because, you know, you need to have some, you, 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 you need to let your ego go for, to, to do that. That's great. That's, great. Uh, that's, uh, that's a good point. point. All right. All right. Well, next question. Um, what do you think your most important business accomplishment has been? Well, so in the previous company, Mark, which you kind of were, you helped us out with as well, which we were obviously uh, yeah, absolutely before um, location labs. Uh, there's a few like so the, the company was kind of you know a, really, kind of a financial success, but I think more importantly for us is the kind of culture and company that we built there. Um, so we had extremely low, and we can we kind of it's kind of been documented on first round review how our, our churn rate was like two percent in an industry in an environment here in the valley where churn rates for these kinds of businesses are twenty plus percent. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was very much about, we built like a culture way, which was a healthy, diverse culture. 70% of our employees were either immigrants or sons and daughters of immigrants. Um, and we were unified behind kind of this resiliency, this underdog grit, uh, and the, the kind of the, the, the team that we fostered. So we were very kind of, you know, we, we definitely approached the market as like to win. And we were kind of aggressive in a lot of ways, but internally the culture was so strong. Um, and, and it kind of still, I, I still get, folks like reach out to me from that company to this very day and it's many years later about you know how they missed that or they'll like some of the kind of you know some of the uh mantras that we had like repeated on email and kind of like it continues to live and it's an entire slack community of you know you know illuminati you know you know kind of these kind of it's kind of an interesting kind of community that we built um, and not have that. I, 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 I feel like I experienced it because uh, you know I was working at Experian when I first met you, and uh, you know I just felt a lot of positivity coming out of you know meeting you personally. I remember you took me out to dinner the very first time we we were meeting when I was up in the Bay Area, and then you know meeting your team and everything. I think everyone you know was very positive. Like uh, uh, I know my whole experience in meeting the the group was great. So um, I think that's terrific uh, that you were able to build uh, such a positive culture there. I mean, that's, um, that's an amazing accomplishment. So that's a great one. Um, all right, final question as we wrap up here. If you could meet one person, dead or alive, who would that be and why? Um, so I would say that for me, it would be uh, Aristotle Onassis. Uh, he's a very interesting guy um, who, whose family was a merchant family in what is in Anatolia, what is modern day Turkey. Uh, and then, um, when the, when the, when his, the city Smyrna was on fire, now, now Izmir, him and his family pretty much had to escape as refugees on boats. Um, he's the ultimate entrepreneur. He first, like not speaking Spanish, moved to Argentina and built a, a cigarette empire, copying the trend of Rudolf Valentino. And then, um, you know, when uh, post-World War II, there were a bunch of American ships, like super tankers, and he used creative methods. When the US was liquidating them, he called, the 
you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, the need for all this gas from America by Americans uh, with, the, with the building of the, you know, the interstate highway and like became like the biggest supplier of kind of oil with this, the tanker ships that he, so at one point he, this is a guy who was like off a boat, started multiple businesses and became the richest man in the world. And then was just like, you know, in many ways had this kind of bigger than life personality. He was like five foot four and like, you know, had the biggest yacht in the Mediterranean and married Jackie O and just, I mean, if there's ever, uh, if there was somebody who like dreamed big yeah. uh, and, and lived it on all aspects of his life. I mean, it, it, I mean, I think it's him. I think there's a movie actually that Al Pacino is going to be starring in. Uh, oh, nice. So we'll see, we'll see if that ends up being made, but that'll be fun. Awesome. That's terrific. Well, Tasso, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I'm really excited about you and your progress with your business. And I obviously wish you all the best of luck as a personal friend, but also as a fellow business executive. Uh, obviously, anything me and my team can do to ever support you, you know, we're here to help. And just uh, it was great to chat with you this morning, as always. Uh, for everyone else out there, uh, again, I'm uh, Mark Kapsinski from Gudin. Uh, we're going to continue our series. We'll have some other different executives as we go along. And uh, let's just give Tasso another thank you and congrats on your business success and good luck into your continued uh, progress. So thanks, Tasso. Thanks for having me on, Mark. Always a pleasure.